Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives in the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, Real Lifers. Welcome to episode 163. I am recording this in advance because I'm going to be away for the weekend at a wedding in California. So if any major Bravo news breaks, uh, you know, Sorry, <laughs> won't be. I won't be covering it. Although there was a lot of news that broke this past Monday, October 11th, when Megan King, former Real Housewives of the OC star, married Cuff Owens, who is President Biden's nephew. So that was exciting. I hope they're super happy, and I hope. All wonderful things happen for Megan. I feel like she's had it rough with those three little kids and that terrible public nasty divorce from that awful human being, um, Jim Edmonds. You know, or maybe not awful human being, but certainly not a did not appear to be a kind husband. <laughs> so. I was just super happy to see that. So this episode is almost entirely dedicated to Vanderpump Rules. I wanted to do more of a dive into that since we're already three episodes into season nine. So of course, I invited Amanda Page at It's All Happening to come on because she's the only other person I know that feels as strongly about the show as I do. I mean, you all know that I named my dog Stassi, (laughs) for better or for worse. Um, But before we get into that, I want to share some brief thoughts on the Housewives episodes this week. So on Potomac, I absolutely loved (laughs) the scene of them in that van with Giselle, Karen, and Ashley just laughing, talking about teabagging, salad tossing. When Giselle and Karen are getting along, there is nothing better And it makes their sort of frenemy dynamic more compelling. And I feel like that we've seen more of their hate to one another or distaste or nastiness to one another. And I felt like the first few episodes of this season went a little too far with the whole hot box and sing sing. And I want it to be, I want to remember why they were friends in the first place. And this, this reminded me. So I really appreciated that. It was also interesting seeing so much of the husbands. I wonder if they just decided to do this couple's trip because it was COVID and they're not able to film around a lot of people. So this, you know, brings more people into the fray and more drama and opportunity for drama. So I I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about it. It just, you know, it's not like married to medicine where the husbands are a package deal and 
from what we've seen of some of these husbands, like Michael Darby, I'm not interested in seeing anymore. So um, I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about that. One thing I will say is that with Mia, I think Escala was able to kind of get to the heart of a lot of her issues and things that she talks about is she's constantly talking about businesses, saying she's a boss, talking about how much money she makes. It makes the other women uncomfortable. And I think sometimes they hear it as her talking about these things as if they don't also have those things. Like she has to come out and say, I'm a boss because Maybe that means none of the other ones are a boss, but I just think it's more tacky and she's just a little bit socially awkward. I don't find it to be insulting to the other women, but they definitely just really don't like when she brings it up. Um, And I don't feel like either her or Candace handled the situation with one another very well. You know, they both, uh, you know, are at fault for various reasons and they both are right for various reasons as well. What I will say about Candace is that I do think she should be a little more mindful of the things that she says and how they can hurt other people around her and how they also can hurt viewers who are watching. And I think that's something that she hasn't really ever thought of as much. But when she throws jabs at Mia about, um, you know, being a stripper or alluding to the fact that she engaged in sex work, she's not just putting down Mia. She's putting down anyone that has ever been involved in that profession or, you know, it, it just, it it doesn't look good. And I, you know, when she used the term overseer to describe Michael Darby and Ashley's relationship and it's just not, I don't know. It just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And you guys know I do like Candace, but I have to say that I really think she just needs to learn how to process her anger in a way that is still entertaining and still gets her feelings out, but doesn't hurt so many people in the process, including her husband, who was, you know, sweeping up after her throwing all the lettuce. <laughs> Oh, man. Then over to Salt Lake. My goodness, Mary M. Cosby is such a delight on camera. This woman, I don't know if I've ever seen someone so utterly unpredictable. I never know what she's going to say or do next. And when I watched Watch What Happens Live when she was on with Ashley, I was at the edge of my seat. Like, what is she going to do? What is she going to say? I, I just... She's baffling when she tells the story to Whitney's children and Whitney that one of the members of her church had a daughter who was in a car crash, was ejected from the sunroof like 30 feet in the air and dropped into a neighborhood. And then <laughs> the little daughter is like, is she still alive? And just absolutely like no expression on her face. She goes, no, I'm excited to be here. Wear your seatbelt. <laughs> It's just, I can't get over it. I can't get over it. I don't know. I just can't look away. Um, Other things on this episode. So there's also a lot of husbands. I feel like because there's been so much popularity of the husbands on Real Housewives of New Jersey, that Bravo is trying to give us more house husbands. And I don't know how I feel about that. I definitely enjoy watching them together, but it doesn't feel like there's these authentic friendships there yet. Um, so I don't know. It's I can't quite tell how I feel about it. Um, remains to be seen. Um, 
And so we've got Jen and Brooks finally have their sit down. And after all of that, I just want to look at Jen and say, was that so hard? Like, was it so hard to sit down, admit that you said some things that were hurtful and hateful or liked tweets that were hurtful, you know, and um, it seemed like everyone could move on from that. Why not just do that, you know, in the beginning? She just is so reticent. She never wants to apologize. She feels like she's always the one that's made to apologize, but she's the one that offends the most people. (laughs) So that's why she's always been asked. Um, Whitney and Lisa, I'm not sure why Whitney is constantly looking for Lisa's approval. And I feel like if she just was herself more, that it would more naturally work out. But she is so like on the edge about Lisa and Lisa is like, why are you behaving like this? I don't know. I want to know who your guys is like, what do you guys feel about this dynamic? Because I like both of them. I very much enjoy Lisa Barlow on the show. She is an icon. I also really find Whitney incredibly endearing and messy kind of in an Ashley Darby way. But I don't know. It's, It's interesting. It makes for an interesting dynamic. And then, of course, Heather and Meredith talking about how to talk to teenagers about sex. And I love Meredith more and more each week. And I know there was someone on Twitter who was saying like, why do people think this is so iconic that when Heather was saying, well, how the hell do you talk to your kids about sex? Do you give them like a Capri Sun and some condoms? And (laughs) Meredith Marks is like, you know, I wasn't big on juice, but you know, I'm always a proponent of condoms. And I think that's iconic because it takes something that seems so benign like juice and it's actually not healthy for children to drink sugary drinks. Um, It's not healthy for anyone, truly. And then to take something like condoms, which people think are taboo and you're not supposed to talk to kids about or give to kids, it's actually something that's very healthy to talk to them about and make sure that they have, especially if they go going away to college. Um, where they may engage in sex. (laughs) So I just thought that was a really special moment, and I loved it. And then finally on to the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills Reunion Part 1. Loved that they were in a simulation of Kathy Hilton's backyard. That was hilarious. Um, I still find Erica so off-putting, and I just, I don't know, I feel like she is so cold, to the camera. And I feel her coldness, like by watching. And I felt this, you know, a few years ago, when she said that she had a migraine, and she was just completely shut off at the reunion. This time, she's not shut off. But I can't I I feel like where's her soul? Like, where's her warmth? The only time I feel like I get genuine emotion from her is when she is angry at Sutton, or when she's like yelling at someone or putting someone down. I feel like, I, I don't know. And most of this was about Garcelle and her various issues with Dorit and Rinna. I really feel like Garcelle and Dorit can get past things because Dorit, you know, didn't even have to be asked to apologize. She was like, I'm sorry for calling you a bully. And, you know, she's right about that. I feel like 
with Dorit, I feel like maybe it's her feelings were hurt because I never thought of what it must be like to be on a show and then to think that you have a certain relationship or friendship with someone. And then when you watch it back, their confessionals are making fun of you. And Garcelle basically consistently does that. And what I felt like Rinna and Dorit were saying is like, but you don't say things in the moment. And I think there are times that that is true where Garcelle could say things in the moment. But a lot of times, I think she's just being shady and funny and the audience really enjoys it. But I could see how people on the show who I think are more sensitive than some other casts, like, you know, Giselle and Karen can let things slide off their back. And, you know, the women on Atlanta can throw things back and forth. But if the women on Beverly Hills have their feelings hurt, it goes on and on and on and they do not let go. And Rinna is just still so obsessed with the fact that Garcelle doesn't like her. And I don't think Garcelle's really able to articulate at least the way I want to hear like why she doesn't trust her. I know we've all seen it from watching what happened with Denise, but I almost want her to say, you know, all of the, I don't know, producers tell me that you're shady. I, I don't know what it is, but I kind of want to hear a little more of why she doesn't trust Rinna. And that's not just based on the Denise stuff. But when she came out and said, you know, someone told me that you thought I shouldn't have brought up race, that made all of it kind of make sense to me. And I I could see how Garcelle, you know, probably if she doesn't have that favorable opinion of Rinna, could think, oh, about she did say that. And how do you confront someone on that? And why is it always her responsibility to confront? So I don't know. I'm not sure if I have a lot of hope for them being friends. I know R- Rinna, you know, went and sat next to her on the couch. That was a little bit cringe. I don't know. I just don't think... I think Garcelle looks at Rena and is like, you are full of shit. And with Dorit and Kyle, they're only a little full of shit. Like, she's like, I can see some real authentic friendship with the two of them. But I think with, with Rena, because she knew her beforehand and because of how Rena routinely threw people under the bus, that she just doesn't trust her. And I don't know, part of me kind of thinks that Rinna was trying to cozy up to Garcelle to secure her spot on next season because the viewers love Garcelle and they do not like Rinna. And if Rinna is only friends with Erica, then what is she really bringing to the show? So I don't know. I'm probably being really cynical. All right. As always, you can find me on social media at Mandy Slutsker on Twitter and Instagram. And if you like the podcast, go and give it a five-star rating and write a nice review. I always love hearing what you guys have to say and love hearing um, from you via DM. Thank you for the kind messages about you know what I disclosed about what's going on with me personally. And also really appreciated Ashley last week sharing um, what it's like to live with multiple sclerosis something that, you know, is invisible that, you know, people can't see that you are struggling with. And I think, you know, this past week was World Mental Health Day. And a lot of us struggle with our mental health, especially with what's been going on with this pandemic, and it feeling like it's never ending. And there's been so much stress. And so that's also invisible that people can't tell when you're hurting. And so it's important to speak up and to share it with someone. And I encourage all of you to 
you know, do what you need to protect your mental health and well-being. All right, we will take a quick break and then be back with Amanda Page. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I am here with one of my favorite people, Amanda Page from It's All Happening. You guys also know her from the Big Brother Breakfast Club, and she is just all around fabulous. She is a huge fan of Vanderpump Rules so much that she's got that It's All Happening X on Instagram, and I think she'd be the perfect person to dive into season nine of Vanderpump Rules with, so I invite invited her on to do a deep dive. Welcome, Amanda. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. It really is all happening, isn't it? (laughs) We're finally here talking Vanderpump Rules. I feel like since the day we met, we both have said, well, once Vanderpump Rules, if Vanderpump Rules comes back, we have to talk about it on our podcast together because we're both such big fans. So I'm so excited that we're finally here. We are. Take me back to when the magic first started with you and Vanderpump Rules. How did you discover the show? I was a day one watcher, like, because I was really into Beverly Hills Housewives. So my roommate and I were watching and we, you know, we're watching that classic episode where Brandy was confronted with Sheena at the event that Lisa was hosting. And we found out that a woman who had slept with Brandy's husband was a waitress at Lisa's restaurant. And I remember being like, this is so messy. And like, I know Lisa did this on purpose. Like she knew what she was doing, (laughs) but I loved it. And then when, when Sheena said, Oh, I would love to sit down with Brandy and talk about it on that episode. We were just so hooked from that moment on. And then when it transitioned to the episode of Vanderpump Rules, it's like, we will never get that magic back. I know they tried it with Summer House. I'm actually a huge Summer House fan, but when they did it on Summer House, I was like, I'm not watching this show. And I refused to watch it for like three years because I thought it was so bad. No one can do it like Vanderpump Rules. Like the, the, the beginning of that show was just so epic. And I've been a huge fan ever since. Yeah. I mean, me too. I watched that first, you know, and it's so funny because I started watching Housewives primarily. I saw a little bit of the OC and then I got into the OC and I watched Beverly Hills season three, but not the first few episodes of season three. So I must have started partway through that season. And then Vanderpump Rules was really my like ticket into Bravo. Because like once I got into that, I was like, what else magical is happening at this network? (laughs) Yeah. And Vanderpump Rules was the first time I ever, it was the first show that I ever really got to be this involved in the kind of like community because I actually started on Reddit. Like I started going on the Vanderpump Rules subreddit before I had my Instagram account or anything. 
And I would read all of the gossip on there and I would start listening to podcasts that were recapping Vanderpump Rules. And that's kind of where I got into this community. And then it was once I started my Instagram account, I kind of abandoned Reddit just because like it's a different it's just a completely different environment. And obviously Reddit is different. It's anonymous and you can't really like credit people with their jokes or their like takes and stuff. So it just, it was a little bit too confusing for me. So I just kind of abandoned Reddit. And now that I have this Instagram community and I'm like so involved in the housewives world, like I really do owe it all to Vanderpump rules because they were the first ones who ever had me really like thinking about the editing and thinking about like the storylines and thinking about what was happening in these people's real lives. Um, I remember when Ryan Bailey interviewed Charlie, I was like, I want to do that. Like, I would love to be able to talk to a cast member and get like their insight into their background and what like kind of played a role in their story growing up and then into the show. And so he really, his interview with Charlie really inspired me to start my podcast. Now I haven't really like tried to do much interviewing of the cast members and stuff, because I found that that clouds my biases a little bit more. And I know we'll get into that. So I've shied away from that. Now I'm more enjoying talking to like you guys. (laughs) I love talking to other podcasters. That's my favorite thing about this. And while it's fun to interact with people who are on these shows, you know, you feel bad commenting on what you watch on the show, you know, and it's like, we can only kind of comment and draw opinions primarily from what we see on TV. And it's so interesting because um, I don't know if it was today or yesterday, Ariana posted something on Twitter, like people have to watch the never before seen episodes or like the extra takes that they have, or they're not able to like see the full picture. And I'm like, what are these extra episodes? I don't have time. Like, come on, editors, do we need to watch five minutes of pickleball? Could you like add in the things that I need to understand the (laughs) storylines? It it, it makes it even worse to me when they throw these important things in the never before seen episodes. I'd rather them just like not show it at all because when you put it on the never before seen episodes, then it creates this divide in the community because people are like, wait, what show are you watching? Because I'm seeing all of this play out and we're like, I don't know what you're talking about. I never saw that because An example is in the first, I think it was either the first or the second episode when Ariana and Lala had that conversation at Hibachi. I think it was the first episode. They had that conversation at Hibachi. Ariana actually pulled out her phone and this was in a never before seen clip that was edited out and then put in the never before seen episode. Ariana pulled out her phone and showed all of these texts where she had reached out to Lala, checking in on her and, you know, just being an actual friend. And Lala's like, I don't, I don't have those texts. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. And Ariana's like, how can you go on a podcast and say that I don't give a fuck about you when right here, here's me during this past year, checking in on you and like being a friend, even when you were fighting with Sheena, like even when they were fighting. Right. And that's the thing. Like, I only saw it because I think I actually missed the original airing. No, what happened was I wanted to watch it twice because I knew that we were going to be covering it. And then I was like, I'll watch the never before seen one before seen one. I never do that. And I was like, wait, there's so much more to this conversation that they just decided to edit out. And so half of the viewers 
have actually seen that. And so I can see why people are like, well, Lala was just saying how she felt, but people who saw that are like, okay, but Ariana is proving that like, she was trying to be her friend. So for her to go on a podcast and say, we just don't care about each other. We're not that close is, is a lie. Like that's honestly not true. Ariana was trying to be there for her. And people have different ways of showing that they care, right? And in friendship, there's different love languages in friendship too. And I think that Lala seems to have a different kind of love language and friendship than Sheena, than others, you know. And it's so funny because Sheena and Ariana have really figured out how to show each other that they care. And they feel, they seem so strong in their friendship. And that's something that we haven't seen a lot on Vanderpump Rules, where people feel very strong in their friendships throughout the, right. the history of the show. Like it's solid and there's nothing that's going to come between it. And because I think a lot of the strong friendships we have seen are strong and they're one-sided. Like early seasons of the show with Katie and Stassi, it was like, yeah, they had an unbreakable friendship, but it was because Katie was like undeniably loyal to Stassi and Stassi didn't show that she was like undeniably loyal to Katie. It was really just more of like a following around kind of thing. And I'm happy to see that Katie kind of broke, seemed to have broken out of that. I don't know if it was just the way that the show appeared or really was it a kind of like unbalanced friendship early on, but I feel like Sheena and Ariana, like you said, they have like a very even balanced friendship. Like they're, they're friends. It's not like one person, you know, like doing more work than the other in terms of their friendship, but. No, totally. And I'm glad that you brought up Stassi because uh, I have to ask you, are you feeling the absence and be honest of the characters on the show that are no longer? Okay. So I do have to say, that I started my podcast after she was fired. So people might not know that I really was a fan of hers before, like early on in the show. And so when the things that came out about what happened with Faith came out, I felt it was very appropriate for her to no longer be employed by Bravo. I felt like the firing made sense and I was all about it. Um, Even though I was a fan of hers, it kind of like made me change my view of her. And then I think I looked back at certain things and I thought, yeah, okay. I can see she was probably more problematic than I realized. Like, I I think it made me, it opened up my eyes a little bit more. So I never once wanted her to come back. I supported the firing, but also I feel like she was so checked out last season that I don't really miss. I don't really miss her anyway. Like, I just don't, I feel like she felt like she outgrew the show. And so there really wasn't going to be a situation where her coming back made sense to me anyway. Like, even if that had never happened, she had never done that to faith. She hadn't made those comments on the podcast that were problematic. Like even if none of that happened, I just feel like she thought she was above it. Yeah. That's her person. That's her personality. Like that's what people loved about her early on. She thought she was above people. Like she, that is her personality. It's what made people drawn to her. I just feel like she was, she was done with it. Yeah. And she was done with it at a different point in the show when she left and went to New York and then came groveling back. It's just, and, and I have to be honest, I feel like 
for me watching the show, it's starting to sort of feel like Saved by the Bell, the college years. You know, like it's good, but it's not the same show. It doesn't have the same magic as when they were in high school. And so, you know, and there's some new characters and it's like, you know, they're trying to have, I don't know, like Lisa doesn't seem to make sense as much anymore to the show to me it's it's like could they make her be a more background character like I don't like that she's in the opening credits I don't like that it's all around her it doesn't seem to make sense and I do feel Stassi's absence I don't feel Jack's Brittany or Kristen's absence but I do feel Stassi's absence particularly in when we see Katie and Lala it's like there's something missing with that group. It doesn't seem as authentic. It's like, it, you know? Oh, no, I agree with that. Like, I don't I don't see Katie and, and Lala's connection. Like, I don't see them as being close. And I think the hard part about this is they're filming together for the first time in two years, right? Because they filmed two summers ago. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of them, their relationships were strained over quarantine. Like most people's were, you know, if they, if you're not really close with someone, you didn't even get to see them. Like I had friends that I was used to seeing all the time and we just didn't see each other for an entire year. And for a lot of them with so much history, I think, and there's so much that they probably could have worked through if they had just kind of picked back up and started filming again last year, but then that didn't happen. And so it's like this weird kind of dynamic where it feels like they're almost like being forced together into filming situations. But I think that's just like, I don't, I don't necessarily know if it's because people are gone or if it's just like, because of COVID and because it's been two years and because they have to set up these filming opportunities. And it's not just like, Oh, we're going out every weekend. Like we used to, and we all just live in the same apartment building. Like we used to, it's really more, it feels more produced, but I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that because that's how housewives has always been. And we enjoy that. So I think it's just going to take some getting used to like a lot of, I saw some people being like, I love Charlie, but like, what the fuck is she doing there? Like she, right. like if this wasn't Vanderpump rules, like if it wasn't the show and they weren't filming, like, would she be in Palm Springs with everybody? No, no. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm just trying to like <laughs> give it a little bit of <laughs> wiggle room in the beginning. It makes a little sense of it. I almost feel like this season is just like a starter season for them to get back because I do think they'll probably end up casting more people on the show but when they did that before it wasn't done well and so the cast didn't meld together in a cohesive way and so this time they're like okay we're going to make you remember the reason you love the show and the people you love on this show or the people you love to hate and then we'll start kind of exploring some other areas but I felt like this was almost like a proof of concept to prove that they can do this show post Jackson Stasi, who did fuel the majority of the drama <laughs> yeah for and all I, those I have years I was like, I was disappointed when I realized that like a little while ago, there were some rumors that there were new cast members and they were trying to like really work on their diversity and inclusion and like have more LGBTQ representation, have more people of color on the show. And then when I realized that that wasn't happening, I was really disappointed. And I, I do think there's a way that they could have 
brought in new people, but for what's happening right now, I do think it makes sense to just have the people who have already established a relationship together filming because to bring in new people into these like away weekends together to celebrate an engagement, like that would not make sense. Like that, there would be no way to like introduce new people in that kind of a way. And so until we get back to the restaurant, which we haven't even been really seeing until we get back to the restaurant and we get to meet these people like at work. I think it makes sense what they're doing right now. I do hope that we do see some of those rumored cast member, new cast members showing up. I want to see new fresh, fresh faces, but I do think there's just so much that the rest of the cast has to like work through. So it's like, let's let Sheena and Lala work out their stuff. Charlie and Lala, Ariana and Lala, everyone and Lala work out their stuff. And then we can meet some new people. So let's get into Lala. So she seems to me to be the most out of place in this entire show because it's like she's much closer with Brittany and Stassi and Kristen than she is with anyone that's currently on the cast. And her and Lala and Randall together seem super off. Um, what are your thoughts on how she has presented herself for these first three episodes? I think she has a, I think it's hard because like you said, she doesn't have any like strong allies in the group. So I think it was just going to be hard for her. I will say she's showing up. Like she has a lot going on. She has a brand new baby. She's like in a new, like a still pretty new relationship. Like her and Randall's relationship being parents together is Mm -hmm. new. And she started a bunch of businesses. Like she has like the beauty line. She has like a baby line now. She wrote a book. So like she has a lot going on and she's still showing up, even though she's like hated by a lot of people on the cast. So I will give her credit for that. I, I don't know. I don't, I I feel, I do feel like it's a little bit forced. Like she doesn't really, I can tell she doesn't really care about these people, but I'm hoping that over time they can kind of get that friendship established again. Like her and Sheena had a really good episode this week. I think like them having a play date together and but okay, having so, like a little so let's get, get together because while they were physically together on the screen, <laughs> they seemed to be doing just fine. And then in their confessionals, they were super shady towards one another with like Sheena, you know, basically saying that Lala and Randall don't they have like too much hired help and she wouldn't want that for her kid. And Randall doesn't change diapers. And then Lala, you know, judging Brock, Sheena's fiance over not having seen his kids in four years and so there was like a lot going on there but for me that was the most interesting part of the whole episode is because these are actual things that are going on and actual judgments people make about one another so it's felt more authentic I agree and I feel like everything that they were saying other people are saying about them too like other people would watch Lala and Randall have the means to hire a night nurse and whether they think it's worth it or not, like make a judgment about it. Like, Oh, well, like, aren't you going to raise your own kids? Like people have those kinds of judgments. And like, to be perfectly clear, I think whatever people decide to do for their, their, with their own decisions is the right decision for them. I think when Sheena was talking in her confessional, she was saying like, for me, I wouldn't have done that. 
I hope that she wasn't saying Lala's doing it wrong. Like, I hope she was honestly just saying like, that's not what I want, but if that's what they do, then that's what they do. Just because I don't think we should be judging, you know, other people for how they choose to raise their kids, like, or how much help that they have. But it did come off a little shady. <laughs> a little That's shady. fair to not want to judge people for how they choose to raise their kids. But do you think it is fair to judge people for not raising their kids? So I do think the stuff with Brock, it's hard. And like, I, I do have to say, because I have had like, I have like a friendly relationship with Sheena. I do feel like sometimes I am like biased in a way when I talk about the show, because I just, because her and Brock, I've had like nice encounters with them. And so I do think sometimes my judgment is a little bit off. So I do have to say that, but I try to not judge somebody too much about their interact, how I guess they interact with like their exes in a co-parenting situation, just because it's something I've never been through. And I know there's so much more to the story. And Sheena has said on watch what happens live, like just keep watching. Cause there's more that needs that needs to come out. I do think that from, from what I've heard on like her YouTube channel and the, and like other places, it seems like it wasn't so much like Brock and his wife broke up. So he moved to America and never saw his kids again. From what I heard, it was like, they moved to America for his career and then it didn't work out with their relationship. They left oh. and he stayed because he had a career here and he never went back to Australia. And now it's been, you know, a year and a half that he hasn't even been allowed to go back. So, um, yeah, I don't know. If, like, I don't know if that's going to like be explained a little bit more or not, but I think that's why, like you notice in his confessional when he was like, I just remember them drop dropping them off at the Denver airport. And then that was like our goodbye. And I was like, wait, yeah, because the way it made it sound like on the show, it was like, he, he moved to America to right. leave them. And then, and but then Sheena was like, like to me. And then Sheena was like, you know, he came to America to provide for his family. I really feel like they came, they came here with the intention of him, like making it in rugby or football. Cause I think he also was like on the NFL practice team at one point is what I heard. Like one of the NFL teams, like maybe as a walk on or something. And that didn't really come to fruition, but basically <laughs> to sum up my long-winded <laughs> Dorit like response, I just feel like there's so much more to the story than we know. And so I'm going to try to reserve some judgment just because like, I've never been in a situation like his, my parents never broke up or anything. So like, I don't even have like family experience with like having a parent not be there, you know, like, and I do think, I do think that he's mentioned that he's been trying to reestablish a relationship with them. And we don't know what might be preventing that from happening. That's all fair stuff. I, it's the way that it was edited or the way that it was presented made it seem like he left Australia to make it for himself in the U.S. and he left the family behind. And, you know, Australia isn't, <laughs> it's not like a low-income country. It's not like he's like, okay, I like don't have enough, you know, opportunities to make a living in my like small country or whatever it is. Like I'm going to move 
you know, he's not coming from like El Salvador or a place that has crisis and conflict. It's a very, (laughs) the narrative sounded so much like a migration story. It it was so bizarre to me. So I'm sure we'll, we'll find out more. But, you know, I think when Randall's eyes got real big and he's someone who does have children and co parents with, a person he used to be married to that it was not that amicable of a breakup, you know, and the fact that they made that work, um, you know, as uncomfortable as it was for a while, I think he'll probably have a lot to say about it. And I'm sure Lala, as a result of being married or being with him, you know, probably has some thoughts as well. Yeah, especially because I think, like you said, with Randall and his ex, Amber, like things were not great. Like she she was not a fan of Lala for a while too. And was like, do not post about my children on your social media. Like there was a lot, their relationship is not easy. I will say, but Randall definitely does whatever he can to, to be an active parent in his kids' lives. Like he, if, if anyone is listening and you don't follow him on social media, like I find him to be extremely likable. I, I I really do. He's charming. It's interesting, but on social media, he posts a lot with his kids and he's a great dad. Like from what I can see, he seems to be a great parent to his children from his previous marriage and ocean, whether he's changing diapers or not, he's like a great parent. And I think for Lala and Randall, they're probably like, well, Randall can make it work. Like, why can't you make it work with your kids? And, but I just feel like the situations are just so, it's just so different. And it's like, you don't know the other person. Like he had, he has two kids with someone who you don't know anything about and what they're what if they might be making it difficult for him. Yeah, I don't know. Like, don't you know, know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't it's, know enough. I don't know enough about it. I, but. Obviously, like, I don't have children and I'm not divorced. But like if I were to have gotten married and we would separate like and they took my dog I would do everything possible to make sure I could still see my dog. Like, I would not leave the country if they, like, you know, and so I'm kind of wondering, why didn't you just move back to Australia just so you can be closer to your children? You know, like, so what? Your marriage didn't work out. So what? Your career here didn't make out. Figure out a new career and be physically closer to your kids so that you can help raise them and be there for them. I feel like Brock, and I'm probably reading way too much into this, but I feel like he has, when he was talking to Sheena about her mom and Mm -hmm. about how he's maybe not being as helpful, he said this this specific thing that I've heard from some of my guy friends, which is like, well, I can't breastfeed or I, I don't make the milk. Yeah. And I think there is a period of time, especially in those few months after a baby is born, where the biological father feels like they cannot um, – or, or the, the father feels like they can't – they're not able to do enough and they feel helpless and um, they start to almost like resent. And then the woman who's producing the milk needed for the baby to eat and everything resents the father for like not doing more. And so it's like this interesting dynamic that I've seen happen so often. And it's just like really important for partners to be able to express how they feel during those really tough times. I feel like rather than express, you know, it really frustrates me that I can't 
be there for Summer in the way that I want to, in the way that you're there for her. You know, so instead of dealing with those feelings, I just go away for <laughs> like and, right. and do something that I like, you know, or that that calms me down rather right. than being with you. I, I wish he could vocalize that better. Yeah. And I think Sheena was just like, OK, but it would be nice for you to be there to support me. Like, yes. in the fir- So I know this because I just took a breastfeeding class, but like you sh- you're they recommend that you don't introduce a bottle for like the first four weeks. So even if you're like, I want to pump and I want my partner to give bottles, like in the very beginning, which I think this was like really early. I think summer was like, I'm pretty sure they filmed with summer for the first time. And she was like 11 days old or something like that. Like, I'm not, I don't know that for sure. I don't know how old she was during this (laughs) scene. I'd have to like compare my dates, but so if it was really early on, it's like, he can't even then like give a bottle. But I think that there's like things that he could do for Sheena while she is pumping or while she's breastfeeding, like get her water, make her a snack, make sure she has like pillows or whatever she might need. And I think she was saying like, okay, yeah. Like, I know you can't do this for me and let me sleep, but just to be there next to me, while I can't sleep would be nice. Like, I do think there's something to be said about like not having two tired parents. So it's like, if one person's not doing anything, just let them sleep so that they can like take over later, but he wouldn't play pickleball. So it's not like he was even sleeping. Honestly, I just think he's selfish. I just think he's like immature and selfish. And so he is never going to be doing the thing that is needed for others because he's solely focused on himself. And that's my initial assessment of him. But, you know, obviously could be wrong. Now, can we just talk for a moment about the fact that their daughter is named Summer and he has another daughter born on the exact same day named Winter? I know. And this was the the first time this was the first. (laughs) So this was the first time I heard that the that his ex, his daughter's mom actually had an issue with this, because up until this point, I didn't realize that the ex had said anything about it. And I was like, well, maybe they think it's kind of cute. Like Sheena on watch what happens live was like, I always liked the name summer. And Brock was like, Oh my gosh. And my other daughter's name is winter. Like in his mind, it was like cute, like sweet that they have like similar names and like would go together, whatever. I didn't realize that the mom did not like that. Like she was not into it. I wouldn't want that. Like if it was like my, partner and their him and his ex had a child like I wouldn't want that if I was Sheena it's just but this is so Sheena to (laughs) not think about it in that way she's like oh my god it'd be great (laughs) like I would be like that sounds horrible it doesn't matter that I've always wanted the name summer I will like it's too no she also (laughs) she also speaks so optimistically like you can tell like from the way that she speaks like she seems so confident that like one day it's going to be like a big happy family. And it's just like right now they have some growing pains, but like hearing her talking on watch what happens live. She's like, well, we can't travel right now because like, we can't go to Australia, but like, yeah, of course, summer and winter are going to meet. Cause that was one of the questions is like, are summer and winter going to meet each other? And she's like, um, of course there's their sisters. Of course. Like we just can't travel right now. And like, she just seems so confident that like everything is going to work itself out, but that is Sheena. Like, I think she is like kind of a glass half full kind of person. So I'm just going to take her lead on it. She thinks that things are going to be fine, but I'm a little bit like, I don't know. 
It's a little bit (laughs) hard to watch. I know. Okay. So let's move on from Sheena and talk about James and Raquel. So James is California sober. He got in a huge fight with Max Todd over a split plate fee, and they are no longer friends. And he proposed to Raquel all within the first three episodes. Do you have any thoughts on this California sober thing? Do you feel like he's ready to get married to Raquel? Do you feel like he's shown growth? James is my favorite person. I am. I know that I have a, I have a problem where like I defend him when he is wrong. Like I was talking to Taria from what else is going on the other day. And she was like, I wonder if James made a comment about someone like looking pregnant now, if people would, you know, give him a break. And I was like, Taria, somehow that is the worst comment ever, but I somehow would still forgive him. Like, I don't know what it is about James. Like I, he's my, he's my problematic fave. I don't know. I have one of those. He's incredibly charismatic. Yes. He's adorable. Like everything about him. So he, he gets me every time he comes in feeling sorry and being like, Oh, Lisa, I'm so sorry. I learned my lesson. And I'm like, (laughs) Oh, James. So I believe that he is ready, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm probably wrong. No. The one thing is the California sober thing. I do have to say, I, I can't judge, you know, how people live their sobriety. I'm not a, I'm not a sober person. I've never dealt with like addiction personally. And so I don't want to judge anybody, but I don't like the idea of like it having a name. I just don't like that. I don't like the idea that like, oh, it's like you're, I don't know. I, I especially the, the idea of it being like California sober bothers me. I don't know what it is because I guess it's like kind of makes it seem like everyone in California has like different rules or like different lifestyle. And I just don't necessarily feel like, I don't know. I just don't like that, that terminology. It's just not sober. So why call it sober? And, um, I know Lala has spoken on the, the issue, not on James, but on, um, Demi Lovato and stuff. And everyone has their own way of, of doing things, but she is right. in that the definition of sober is abstaining from all mind altering substances. And so, you know, smoking pot, you know, while maybe it's benign for him and he doesn't have a problem with it, that doesn't meet the definition of sober. Right. So, so why say that you can just say, I don't drink alcohol. Right. Well, and I think too, well, and he's probably abstaining from other things too. So it's kind of like he encompasses the wonder about that when they were talking about that split plate fee and they had that vitamin supplement that they took for why are you taking a sober person like is so careful about anything they put in their body. They're, I know they, they don't even want to take like medicine that doctors recommend half the time. So and 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 rightly so a lot of you know so for him to like take a vitamin, I is it Adderall? I just think I remember hearing him say that his issue was when he took it was him and Tom Sandoval. He said my drinking is my problem, and Tom Sandoval said no, it's when you take uppers, yeah, with your alcohol. And so I wonder if he's gotten rid of the alcohol, but the uppers are still around there somewhere. (laughs) That would be really interesting if that were true. I mean, I definitely feel like the pre-workout thing was like weird. (laughs) What is it? I'm not really sure. I mean, I I do want to try a pre-workout vitamin. I'm like always exhausted when I exercise. (laughs) I do think that some of those like 
pre-workout things can really mess you up though. I will say those are like the things that Jax was taking that made him have like the mass in his boob that he had to have (laughs) removed. And like the hormones are horrible. Like, I mean, I'm sure it's not safe for me to take as a pregnant person. They probably wouldn't let me take it, whatever it is. Like I do, I do think it's not just like a protein shake. Like there's something in there, (laughs) something going on, something going on in there. I will say that like, I'm sure there are people who are like, oh, well, you know, they had a drug problem or they had an alcohol problem and they're like, but there's other things that were never my issue that I can still do. Like, I bet there are people who like are, who are um, in recovery for a drug addiction who still choose to drink alcohol because they never had an alcohol problem. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know him, but like, yeah, if that works for him, then it's like, that's great. But I think like he would just then be able to define it for himself and say like, I don't do drugs, but I do drink because that's not the problem I have with James. It just gets a little bit iffy because it's like, you're still kind of involved in things that are a problem. So did you remove the problem or are you still having a problem? Like he's still fighting with his friends. Yeah. When he's still like behaving the way that he has when he was drunk, like being so reactive and being so mean and cruel. Cause we were led to believe as viewers that he was only being mean and cruel when he was drinking. But most people know that, if you shout insults like that, it usually can be done sober as well. Lala is the perfect you, example. Exactly. <laughs> that, that, you know, you can't change like who someone is. And so, you know, we'll, we'll see how things go. Now, Raquel, I've always felt like she was such a sweet person, but I love her even more watching this season. And I think she's actually the most genuine person on the cast, the least aware of like, how she's presenting herself in front of cameras, the least trying to like align herself with allies. Like she's not playing a game. She's just being herself. And I want to read something that, that she said yesterday. Cause I just, I think so many of us relate to it. She said, I overanalyze what I say and I'm quick to shame myself. I'm not mean to other people. So why am I so mean to myself? That is, that was like so heartbreaking because you know exactly how she's feeling in that moment. Like we're our own worst critic. We're our own worst enemies. And I know everyone listening to this is probably like, well, you guys can't relate because you have podcasts. So you come up here willingly and talk in front of people, but it's not, it's not about like the act of like Raquel being too shy to speak in front of other people, because I don't have that issue. Like I famously love a toast. Like I will volunteer (laughs) to give speeches at every wedding. But then later I sit in bed and I think about what I said and I'm like, does everybody hate me because of what I said? So it's, it's, it's like, I can relate to Raquel, even if I'm not like shy, like her, I understand exactly what she's thinking, where she's like always questioning, like, did I say the right thing? Are people going to judge me? And I'm sure it's been hard for her to like break out of her shell and be on the show, but I love that she said, like, she lives her life, like trying to challenge herself. That's why she did pageants. That's why she probably is on the show too. It's like challenging for her to break out of her shell. But every time she stands up for herself on the show now, I feel like it's like, I, I, and I, I'm so much more proud of her than I was even before, just knowing how big of a deal it is for her to get her words out and stand up for herself in front of everybody. So I just love her and adore her. I think she's wonderful. And I'm so happy for James. Cause I feel like, I feel like he sees Raquel for 
truly who she is. Like, I feel like he actually appreciates her, which is not something we always see on the show in terms of relationships. So no, they seem like a great couple. I sometimes wonder what she gets out of it. (laughs) (laughs) She loves Jane. She really loves loves him. him. I just don't quite know why. Um, No, they're so great. Um, So some other relationships and dynamics going on, which I'm really excited to get more into are Schwartz and Katie, um, and then the Sandoval of it all. So this was an area that I feel like wasn't able to be explored over the last multiple seasons of Vanderpump Rules because there was too much attention on other people. And Mm -hmm. now with that attention gone, they can actually go into this dynamic of Sandoval and Schwartz being best friends and being in business together and Sandoval being openly rude and having some sort of disdain for Schwartz's wife, Katie. And Katie is openly rude and has disdain for Sandoval. And it's like, I mean, okay, so my question to you is, do you think there's any part of them that is playing up this dynamic for the cameras? Do you, no. Or, okay, okay. Because I was like, how could Sorry, you... Sorry, finish your question. No, I mean, that's, that's kind of... Because I'm like, how could you have that sort of feeling towards your husband's best friend? Like that amount of feeling... Yeah. So here's the thing. I think Schwartz is the villain. I think Tom Sandoval and Katie are completely justified in the way that they feel about each other. But I think their actual anger is on Schwartz. And instead of taking it out on the person that they care about, they take it out on the other person. Like, I think, I think Katie is frustrated with Schwartz for not standing up to Tom. Like, I think he might complain about him behind his back, but then never stand up to him. And so then Katie says what Schwartz has been saying, like the whole comment about it being uninspired. She said that to Tom Sandoval, but Schwartz had said it first Mm -hmm. in private. And I think then Sandoval obviously gets frustrated with Katie because he's like butt out. But it's because Schwartz won't stand up for himself. And I think Katie honestly doesn't. I think she doesn't respect him when he when he kind of takes that role on like as Sandoval's sidekick. Like, I think she honestly looks at Schwartz and is like, I don't like I think she just doesn't respect that about him. And I think I don't think that they're playing it up for the cameras. I just think, like you said, there's just been so much more that's been going on that they haven't been able to explore it. And now it's like all coming out, especially because they're like starting a business together. That's just them. And it's not like Ken and Lisa kind of pulling the strings. Mm -hmm. I do think it's a bad idea for Katie to get involved in the business. I, I just, I just don't think it's a good dynamic for her to be involved in it. I would agree with that for sure. I think she needs to figure out her own thing that she wants to do. And, you know, I mean, well, she's got this podcast, right, which is doing really well. So that's a thing that she's doing on her own without involvement from Schwartz. Yeah, I just think the dynamic is a bit. um, It's interesting. It's like 
she married him knowing all of these things. And there must be so many wonderful things about him. And I've seen them in person together at Watch What Happens Live. And they seem to have a very good relationship. Like, they vibe. You can, like, feel their energy off of one another. So it's like, this is the one thing that she probably can't stand about her husband. And it's being exploited for TV for all of us to watch. So, like, we're all probably like, why is she married to him? Why all the, you know, but that's, like, the one thing that she can't stand about her husband, but she loves everything else, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I do think I have to say, like, I see a lot of people commenting about like their lack of like romantic gestures and like the fact that it's like pretty well known that they don't have much of like a sex life and like all of that. And I'm just like, you know what? Like every relationship is different. Neither of them like really complains about it. Whatever works for them works for them. And I think just because we don't see them all over each other, like making out on the show doesn't mean that they're not actually in love. And so that, that narrative bothers me when I see people being like, I don't even think they have a real relationship. They never have sex. It's like, you don't know what, like what is going on with them. And even if they never do, who cares? Like if they're happy, then they're happy. Like, who are we to, to say whether that's okay with them or not? It's, it would be like, if one person was like, I'm not happy in this arrangement. And the other person was like, well, I don't want to have sex. Then it's like, okay, you're not on the same page. It's different. I I think they, when you joke about not having sex, like how Lisa Vanderpump jokes about that all the time, it means you still, you're having it, you know, like you wouldn't joke joke about it if it was really true. So I don't think it's it's what we think or what we're shown to the to the cameras at all. But we also yeah. have to say that aside from Lisa and Ken, you know, the Bubba's are the longest running relationship on this show. And this show has been on for nine years. I think it started in 2012. So, <laughs> you know, like... And they've they already together, been together for two right. years prior to that. So they have been together over a decade. They have not broken up. They have not had failed engagements. They have not, like, nothing like that. I mean. They have had ultimatums. Ultimatums. And they have had ring cheating, string. Scandal, <laughs> cheating scandals. Cheating scandals. <laughs> um, multiple times. Blackouts. Waking up in different resorts in Mexico. Lots of that has been going on, but they survived it all. So yeah, you're right. I mean, <laughs> it's a successful relationship in that regard. I, I do think that it would be good for Katie to kind of like figure something out without Schwartz, just because she seems to be really strong and she knows what she wants. And I think she does have like the skills to like, to develop like something great. And I think her taking on a role in the Tom's, business will then just make it even easier for Tom Schwartz to cower and not speak up about his own opinions. And now it's like two other people who get more of a say than him. So it's like, he needs to just like be an equal partner with Tom Sandoval and just let Katie find something else. I would say the same for Ariana in that I think she needs to have something like different, you know, as well going on for herself so that she is not constantly tied to Tom. And I loved the book that they put out on, you know, drinks and, you know, all of these different ways to mix drinks. And, you know, that was super fun. But she did that with him. And I know that he's the one that's like the go-getter in that partnership. That's just like who he is. He's extremely type A, at least as far as Los Angeles goes. (laughs) 
It's so funny because I feel like LA is full of people that are like go-getters, but they do it in this very different way because the all of the, I don't know, all of the Hollywood and everything there is just so different to me. But And then in Tom and Katie's relationship, it seems like she's the more assertive one. And yeah. so I want to like see Schwartz flourish in his, like, I don't know, and how he does stuff. And I also want to see Ariana flourish. Yeah. I will say that, like, I just feel like Tom dislikes Katie because he feels like Katie walks all over him. But then Katie dislikes Tom because she feels like he walks all over Tom. It's like they both do the same thing to Tom and they both. Yeah. Don't like each other for it. And I'm like, wow, you guys don't realize that you're so similar. Both steamroll Schwartz and and then. (laughs) And then judge each other for it. Like Tom was like, he's a battered wife. And it's like, but you would say the same thing in their business arrangement. Right. Like he literally hates the name of the restaurant. Sorry, Miley. Miley. (laughs) Miley hates hates shorts and sandies. (laughs) I don't understand why Sandoval is so wedded to the name. I get it now if they've actually put money down and, you know, made a decision and all of that. But in the beginning, why not just think a bit more openly? I He seems to be cast a bit as the villain right now. I think he's getting a little bit of a villain edit, and I think Brock is going to get a villain edit. I think so, too. I think Brock is definitely going to get a villain edit. And I think, you know, based on what we have seen... It's not looking good. Like, I will say, I will admit that. Like, it doesn't look good, the situation, everything that's coming out. Um, But hopefully we'll get more information and we'll get to see it play out. I will say Sheena, she really never shies away from showing everything on the show. So, like, they came right out and said it. Like, they could have easily acted like everything was good with him and his kids and, like, not mentioned it. They they brought it up on camera. So I do think that there is a reason behind it. Like being honest and upfront about the situation. I think there's gotta be a reason for it because it's not like Lala found this out on the internet and brought it up on camera. Like Brock is the one who was very upfront about it. He could have just been like, Oh yeah. You know, I can't see them right now with COVID, but yeah, things are good. Like he could have just said that and he didn't. So I don't know. Okay. On Bravo, Vanderpump Rules traditionally had reigned supreme of all of the non-Housewives shows that were among people in their 20s and 30s, above Southern Charm in terms of ratings and everything, and well above Summer House. But looking at those three franchises, which do you think is at the top right now? I don't watch Southern Charm, so I will say that. Fair. I did watch New Orleans. Which I wish so would come good. back. Um, I I think Summer House is supreme right now, based on it's what's going on. Yeah. So we loved last season. Like everyone who watched it, absolutely loved it. And it's been off for multiple months, and we're still like, I wonder what they're doing. And I don't sit around and wonder what the people of Vanderpump Rules are doing that yeah. that often. But I truly want to know, like. 
what is Carl up to? Like, how is his sobriety going? What's going on? Like, how did the wedding go? Is Paige, I know. You know Paige and Craig? Like, there's so much happening. I know. I got so excited when my friend texted me, like, she's at the Ravens tailgate on Monday night and she sent me a picture of Paige and, and Craig. And I don't know anything about Craig because I don't watch Southern Charm, but I know he's going to be on Winter House. And I know there were rumors from Amanda and Kyle's wedding of Paige and Craig being together. And I was like, I was like, so obsessed. I'm like, I want to know what's going on in Paige's love life. Like I am fully invested. And I feel like, I feel like summer house. I keep wanting to say Southern house. (laughs) Summer house is like what Vanderpump rules was years ago to like all of us right now. We're just in a really good spot. I, I am excited for winter house, but I don't know. Do you think I should watch Southern charm so that I can like learn these people? Cause I don't know really anything about them <sighs> or is it not worth it? I think it's worth it. And it, and I'm only saying this because you're about to have a baby. And so like <laughs> the period where, you know, at, you know, 38 weeks, 39 weeks pregnant, where you pretty much can't do a whole lot you can go through those seasons pretty quickly. And it's always fun to start a new show. It is very problematic. So watching it back is like, I thought it was problematic when I when I started it, which was already four years into like it was they were on season four when I started season one. Um, But it's helpful to know the Craig and Austin background. Okay. Yeah, because I don't know anything. I just know going into Winter House that like, Austin is maybe involved with like multiple women and like physically I don't get it but that doesn't (laughs) mean like that he's not a great guy I don't know like we'll have to see but you just have to those first few seasons are really really rough because of how Catherine was edited and I think she can be a quite problematic person but what they did in terms of like it was so misogynistic and there's definite undertones or overtones of racism and they hang out on plantations it's it's different it's definitely not my style but to know to get to understand craig and he's not from the south he's from delaware which is why i think that's why he's a ravens Mm -hmm. fan right because that's what someone told me um which it's interesting that they were here like I don't know. Anyway, but yeah, I think, I think summer house right now is probably in the best position. Also, I will say that like pretty much every show that was filming during COVID is kind of like having some hard time, like getting its footing except for Beverly Hills and summer house. I think the summer house being a quarantine was like, it was perfect. It was actually great. We were actually able to like, not have to even see masks. We didn't see, we didn't wonder like, was everyone showing up together tested? It was like, they're stuck in a house together. And like, it was kind of just like freedom a little bit. I didn't think I would like watching them quarantine together so much because I I thought, I thought it would be like a reminder of like when we were literally stuck at home. And right now we're all kind of like a little bit back to normal, even if we're still in the middle of a pandemic, we're back at work and we're like going to stores and things like that. I didn't think I would enjoy it so much. I loved it. I loved it. And I think Beverly Hills wouldn't have been as good as it was if we didn't have the whole Erica thing. So I think that's That's why Beverly Hills is doing so well, but every other show that, the first season back was horrible. I didn't even watch Orange County, but I heard it was despicable. New York was having a hard time this season. I think they were in lockdown. They couldn't really go anywhere or do anything. 
there are other reasons, but that was part of it. Mm-hmm. I think Potomac is doing well considering, but there is just like a difference in these shows filming during COVID. So I think we have to give Vanderpump Rules a little bit of leeway there. A little bit, but I, little bit. I hope it'll pick up soon. And it'll be interesting to see like how things go from here, because I can see, depending on how the season goes, them expanding the show to add some new people. And I really want to, I want these people to be friends off camera too. Like I want Lala to put effort into it if she's going to stay on this cast rather than spending all of her free time hanging out with Jackson Brittany, you know? I know. I will say that this cast is of all the shows, I think I, I like them the most. Like I like these people the most they're really charming and I let them get away with a lot more than I do for housewives. Like when I'm watching Potomac or Beverly Hills or something, even if I have some, a housewife that I love, it's like easy for me to be like, they were wrong there. But on Vanderpump rules, for some reason, Sheena says something. I'm like, Oh, but I don't think she really meant it like that. (laughs) James, I'm like, Oh, but I just, I don't know. He's so cute. Like I love Tom Sandoval. And like, for some reason, I like always defend him. Like all of these people, for some reason, this cast is just like, I just love them so much. I love them so much. And that's why I think I don't miss the people who left because for them, it got to the point where I wasn't defending them ever. Like even Brittany, I was like, "Mm, I don't want anything to do with you. So I like who's left. Like even Lala, I love her. Like I, I do no matter what, like, even though I was mad at her for the way that she treated Sheena in the off season, Like I came back to it and I'm like, oh, now I remember why I liked her so much. She's charming. Yeah. Okay. Final question. Um, How, okay. If you were to create an Archella type situation, (laughs) what would, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. Do you like the idea of doing something like recreating a music festival as a proposal? So I thought it was really sweet and I feel like it was really thoughtful because Raquel loves it so much. And I do think like it makes sense for them to be like surrounded by their friends and stuff. I'm like more of a private person. So I think like that would have been overwhelming to me, (laughs) like to have all those people watching the proposal but although he did kind of make that part private but yeah I just would have wanted it to be like like more of like a one-on-one situation for me personally I just want to love something as much as these people love Coachella (laughs) Coachella I know it's probably how I feel about Bravo shows in general (laughs) it's like oh I'm just saying oh I just want something to love but it's like (laughs) freaking podcast about housewives and bravo so clearly there is something i love that much it was just so cute like raquel i think she was talking on instagram it was like somewhere online and she's like as soon as i knew that we were doing this coachella thing as soon as we showed up there i had a feeling that james would propose because he knows how much coachella means to me (laughs) and it's like it's just like oh it's just so cute but like i'm reminded that like they live like a a different life than like we're living right now. Mm -hmm. Like they're so still immersed in that. Like I, James is a DJ. So I feel like he's going to be in that for a long time, but there was a point in my life where like music festivals meant everything to me too. It's just so funny that it's like, 
oh, I, he knows how much Coachella means to me. I don't know. They're adorable. They're (laughs) hilarious. Well, thank you so much, Amanda, for kind of breaking down the season and all of the crazy cast of characters with me. Tell everyone where they can find you if they are not already listening to you across all these platforms. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And thanks everyone for dealing with me being like a Sheena Stan and a Brock apologist. <laughs> I understand I have biases, but I try, I try my best. So you can follow me on Instagram at it's all happening X. I do have a podcast called it's all happening with Amanda. I'm on a short little hiatus right now, just because I'm getting ready for so much with the baby, but I am still doing my Patreon where I'm covering real housewives of Salt Lake city. And I have another podcast called Big Brother Breakfast Club, which is also on a hiatus because Big Brother's on a hiatus, but we'll be putting out bonus content until Celebrity Big Brother comes back in February, which I'm so excited for. (laughs) Thank thank you so much for having me. Yes, we will talk soon. 